So a couple years ago, I realized I had gone through almost 40 years of my life as a recording musician. And as a leader, I really only had one kind of conventional horn plus rhythm section type record, which is kind of still a little shocking to me. I mean, that out of all that time and all those records, the only record, which is 8081, that kind of fits the, the sort of standard issue lineup of saxophone, guitar, bass, and drums was that one. And, you know, the motivation even then for doing it was that I had at that point gone like six records in and hadn't gotten to to making a, a more conventional kind of record like that. So much of my life has been kind of operating under the idea that, you know, my job in a way I, I feel has always been and I think our job in general is general zone of music is to kind of ask questions and try to go to places that people have not gone I mean to me that's that's kind of a, a primary thing and when I think about all my favorite musicians that's something they all have in common and so much of my you know output is kind of devoted to providing alternatives to that conventional straight up thing nevertheless that's the foundation of everything for me that's in in a lot of ways the setting that i've played in the most in my formative you know years uh and and even in other ways over the years i mean it's just that i hadn't done it that much as a leader So fast forward 30 years later, if the inspiration for 8081 also came in the form of my deep appreciation and and love of Mike Brecker and Dewey Redman and and the way that they inspired me to write for them, I think is evident on that record. Maybe I had to wait 30 years for Chris Potter to come along because he has exactly that same effect on me. Uh, I had always wanted to do something with Chris. I've been a big fan of his right from the beginning. You know, since I first heard him with Red Rodney, he kind of blew my mind, and and I've followed him ever since. And he had expressed to me a number of times over the years the interest in doing something with me, too. So the Unity Band record of 2012 was those two things coming together, um, you know, and it was a really fun recording to make. Um, it was fun to write the music for Chris, and uh, I, I was thrilled to get Antonio to do it, Antonio Sanchez, and uh, excited about Ben Williams when as we were going into the recording, our bass player. The recording went great. Everything was fantastic. And then we hit the road, and then things really started to get interesting.
I've been lucky over the years to have lots of bands with great musicians. Uh, I feel like, you know, one of the best parts of my life as a band leader has been putting together combinations of musicians that to me would seem like good playing partners or, uh, you know, would have something to talk about with each other and with me. But I'm very concerned and always have been about sort of finding the right musicians to deliver on whatever the concept is that I've got going on at a particular time. And I think I've had pretty good luck at that, actually. Um, you know, many times I've put together groups of guys who didn't know each other, who I just had a sense about. But this time, I think that was at work, but I didn't really expect that it was going to be as good as it wound up being. I mean, of course, you always hope it's going to, but this band was just absolutely fantastic, night after night after night, and the hundred or so sets of music that we played in, in the course of our tour just continued to, you know, show this amazing kind of communication and rapport uh, among the four of us that is something you just kind of dream about when you're when you're thinking about what it would be to be a musician you know the record was very well received it won the grammy for best jazz record that year and everything about it was just a go and when it was all wrapping up you know there's that thing when you do that much playing together as a tour winds down you know there can be this thing of like okay wow eight more gigs and then i get to go home this was kind of the opposite it was more like eight more gigs and this is all over and that's going to be sad because we had had so much fun and you know at the same time i'm realistic i mean antonio and ben and chris are three of the most in-demand musicians in the world right now and um you know i felt lucky to get them for that go around but you know at the end of the last gig we sort of all kind of you know we were we had kind of a group hug moment and it was sort of like it's a shame this is ending let's do it again and we all agreed yeah let's do it again and um of course everybody was booked for 2013 which was coming right up but i said okay 2014 let's let's do it and and everybody signed up right then and there My instinct with this next part of this was, okay, we've got this incredible thing going, uh, this amazing, uh, you know, way of playing together, and we've got this great book of tunes that, that already is in existence. What else could we do? You know, why, why would the next thing, why would the part two of this have to be more or less a, a continuation of that exact thing? You know, what else could I do to take this to some other zone? And I had been kind of feeling the pull to write some more dense harmonic 
type music and some music that had the kind of compositional stuff that I've always uh, shot for with my regular band and, and stuff in terms of the, the way the, the forms were structured to sort of expand compositionally over the course of a, of a piece rather than just kind of playing in the more conventional playing on the form of the song only with maybe a little bit of extra material or something. I mean, you know, even records besides my own band records, records like Orchestrion or even Secret Story or, you know, certainly film scores and all that. It's it's a real compositional process that's sort of goes beyond the, the conventional, you know, you, you, you come up with a form and a set of changes and a melody and and then we improvise on that material. The thing of setting up a structure that advances through time where improvisation plays an equal role to composition as a uh, sort of propelling device through this storytelling narrative thing that I hope to have in any setting, uh, but to have that driven by compositional stuff was on my uh, front burner again after kind of I maybe set it aside for the Unity Band original recording, which was, you know, a little bit more conventional with, of course, with some twists and turns too, but most of the time we're playing on the forms of the songs. then I had also uh, kind of been made aware of a new musician in New York, Julio Carmasi, Will Lee, who's a great bass player in town and a, and a friend of mine for many, many years, actually called me up and said, you know, there's a guy in town who is a unique talent. There's never really been somebody quite like this. And as it happens, one of his main goals is to play in your band or to do a project with you as sort of one of these multi-instrumentalist type guys that you've used in, in various things. And that was interesting. You know, that's not a call that I get that often. And especially from Will, who's somebody I really uh, respect. So I checked this guy out on YouTube and very impressive, amazing actually, because he could kind of sitting at the core of this guy who was a really good piano player, seemed to be his main thing. He could sing great, he could play trumpet, he could play saxophone, he played, uh, it seemed everything, drums, bass, uh, you know, just an amazing array of musical expressions all kind of wrapped up into this, you know, amazing package. And, um, you know, I could see what Will was talking about. He was somebody that, you know, it's sort of hard to almost know what to do with that kind of a guy and that kind of a talent. And, and at the same time, it sort of intersected exactly with what I was thinking about, um, you know, with taking the Unity Band idea sort of one step further in the sense that I knew that to do that kind of writing, I would need at least one, maybe two more people. And somehow Julio just sort of inspired 
the idea of like, okay, by just adding Julia, we would have so many different things to work with. And actually, there was a point even with the Unity Band, the first go around, I had kind of wanted to have a fifth person, and I had many, many people that I thought about, and and finally, in the end, just just wound up going with a quartet. But my reason for that is when it's, you know, guitar, bass and drums and one horn, the writing options are are somewhat limited. Uh, By having a fifth guy, really there's, it it sort of is exponentially, literally exponentially more, uh, there there are more options that you can bring to it as, uh, in terms of writing. But then with Julio, it's sort of like that one extra person exponentially plus everything he, he offers. You know, I also thought, okay, maybe this is the time where I can finally have a band that really could cover the whole range. And, you know, I talked about that a lot with the Unity Band project at the beginning. Uh, and, and it's really true. That band was, you know, so expansive in terms of just the amazing array of things that Ben, Antonio, and Chris are capable of doing. But still, you know, if I look at my whole, you know, set of interests, to a certain degree, I do have this even, you know, if, if we're going to put the, you know, trio records and maybe 8081 and Song X and some of these other things that I've done, we're going to put those on the left and we're going to put my regular band stuff and Secret Story and those kinds of things on the right with you know, I guess orchestrion sitting somewhere right in the middle. There's this fairly broad panorama of stuff. And I have to admit, even myself, to a larger degree, I'm kind of hovering in one, you know, hemisphere or the other of that panorama. You know, this idea seemed to open up the whole thing. And particularly, I kind of made the decision like, okay, well, why not include the orchestrion? And also, why not include this whole electronic thing that has been such a big part of my thing right from the beginning, you know, of, of my band stuff, using synths and sequencers and, and you know, all the stuff that sort of emerged post Synclavier, where as a composer I was really bringing in, you know, a lot more than notes on a page. It was like whole synth versions of everything that wound up being the backbone of, of what the band concept was and you know those tunes were all sort of instigated in that environment not all but many maybe most of being kind of synth based one way or another and it's like I had never really 
thought of a way to, to, to unify all this stuff, you know, and that word unity uh, is such a good word for me on so many levels. You know, that all just kind of came to me in one blast of, of an image in my mind of what we could do. So I started writing right away and um, very quickly kind of came up with what seemed to be the conceptual basis for the music that now winds up on this record, Kin. Kin. 